The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. haven't fast forward through this part yet here's brandon and thank you for streaming in once again this week as we close out with a song joining me today from monday's episode award-winning director gretel claggett hey brandon hello thank you gretel <laughs> today we are discussing the music video for rage against the machines testify it comes from the 1990 album the battle for los angeles that album also contained the singles gorilla radio sleep now in the fire and calm like a bomb the video we're talking today is directed by michael moore the michael moore bowling for colin by michael moore roger and me yes 911. that michael Hello. Moore. yes he cameos <laughs> in the video at a gas pump um, I know I have to, you know, I have to watch it again because I missed his cameo. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quick there, but you're like, ah, I see you. So he was pulling a little Hitchcock moment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they, I've noticed cause like at the gas pump in this, the band members are all the people at the gas pump and then Michael Moore's at the gas pump. So that's uh, they kind of okay. make their cameos yes. in it. Yes. Okay. Um, but this video it's funny. Battle for Los Angeles came out in 99 Gorilla Radio is a single. I think it came out in October mm-hmm. of 99. Mm. And then their next single, Sleep Now in the Fire, is November of 99. Like uh, the what would have been a week after an election week. And then they don't have any, any play, nothing. Testify comes out in June. Like that's a long gap between singles. It comes out in June, probably intentional, of 2000. 2000 and then their last single... Calm Like a Bomb, that came out election week, that video dropped, or that single dropped. I can't remember if they made a video for that one or not. I but, don't know. So that one, that those these two singles feel calculated, because June would be the conventions? Would that, I or think they, so, yeah. Would they, I would think they, so. They have the yeah, conventions. Yeah, they're, they're in the summer, right? I mean, right. Yeah. Obviously calculated, and the story of the video, it starts with a, like a little kind of 1950s sci-fi vibe thing with these aliens. They got it's silent film, which is like aliens plot to conquer Earth, and it says launch mutant now. And then we get Bush Gore, Bush and Gore uh, combined picture, which you could see either one in them. It's weird how they put it together, and they it is split weird. apart. And they split apart. And it in says each other. he appears as two, but speaks as one. And we get a lot of two different opponents sharing similar comments and ideology throughout the video. We see them exactly. doing similar things. We see them saying exact same phrases. Yeah, like, I'm for the death penalty. I'm mm-hmm. for the death penalty. I'm for clean air. I'm, I'm for clean air. air. I'm we see them air. out meeting people, out you know, trying to have fun Shaking stuff. Hands. Everybody's shaking hands. Right. And- they, also, they also show us their donors, campaign donors, some of which are the same mm-hmm. or... Likewise, companies and how much were donated. Yes, yes. As different as it seemed back in 2000 voting, I feel like they're closer together than what we've almost had. Now it feels mm. uh, this way, but mm. living in an uh, that election was my first election. I was 18. 
that was the first election I voted in. And to me, it didn't feel dire at the time. No, no, it was a very different feeling. And and so you're saying that you feel that they were less polarized. I mean, and I, and I think that you're right, that, that Michael Moore in directing, you know, their choices, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine and Michael Moore, their choices are to show that really both parties are the same. You're getting nowhere. You're going You're getting, in circles. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's. It, are we picking the lesser of two evils? Are we, you know, and certainly the climate back then, I mean, it wasn't my first election voting. Yeah. Well, I do remember seeing Gore speak privately after that, where he was very charismatic and funny. Yeah, and he, I kind of thought to myself, like, why didn't you show this when you were on the campaign trail? <laughs> yeah, he became the guy that was like, wait, whoa. Like a lot of people turn their heads and been like, I would have pushed voted for or pushed stronger for you yeah. had we seen this side of you. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I think they were just too worried. I mean, he was the shadow of Bill Clinton. That's probably yeah. what ultimately cost him, which the Clinton era was overshadowed by a BJ. That's pretty much what a lot of it was, and people tired, just kind of I seemed tired. But it was a close election. It was like this was like the most the closest election oh, in history. It came down yeah. to like a couple hundred votes in Florida. And right. I don't think people are like, you know, people don't realize, yeah, it was close, but so people wanted Gore. It just wasn't enough uh, to slide. But had he shown that personality, it probably would have been enough probably. to take him over. But I think he was uncomfortable and he was, you know, I, I yeah, I think that that he was very much in Clinton's shadow. But Clinton and- was the fun guy when yeah. he was running for campaigns, maybe. And they're like trying to put Gore as the substrate. Kind of yes. boring guy, and Bush yes. was the the fun guy at the time. Well, and Compared. I wonder, I wonder if because of the whole Monica Lewinsky thing and and all of that mm-hmm. that that there was pressure on Gore to be more. I'm I'm a straight shooter. I'm very serious. I'm right. you know I'm a suit. I'm straight and narrow. You know all of that mm-hmm. um, because of <laughs> what had played out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think in terms of the politics of the time, it didn't feel as dire as it does today. Right. It didn't feel like our country was as divided, certainly. Uh, and it felt like there at least was some cross-partisanship and, you know, but, but I think to your right. point that, you know, they are with this music video, they are making a point that it's all the same. Yeah. It's what? all done by lobbyists, you know, mm-hmm. and big corporations and tons the- of compromise, all the yeah. Exactly. I mean, these lyrics are just kind of chilling at times. Right. The movie ran through me, the glamour subdue me, the tabloid untie me, I'm empty, please fill me. Mr. Anchor, assure me that mm-hmm. Baghdad is burning your voice. It is so soothing <laughs> that cunning mantra of killing. And it's a great song. It's a great p- political activist song. I mean, no that's what they're good at. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I exactly. didn't notice at the time as a kid. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, it was just metal and it was like really cool sounding. Nobody was doing it. And I was like, yeah, there's this political message. Which is, yeah. There's like, you know, I took it as a damn the man thing when it was, much deeper. It's than much that. deeper like, than that. I mean, there is damn the man, but yeah, yeah. Their, yeah. their target audience, I don't think, was fully grasping everything at the time. Like it was just like, yeah, they're just, you know, angry and stuff like that. And I look back now, I'm like, man, this is it's more intelligent 
<laughs> looking back that I could realize more intelligent than a lot of stuff written today. And they were like a very dedicated to the cause band like that. I mean, when they had nothing to say, they weren't around. And they have something and to say, is, they come back. I, that is interesting that there mm-hmm. were that there was that period in between their releasing singles and mm-hmm. yeah, and and they do kind of go away and then they come back mm-hmm. with something to say. I mean, these lyrics are deep. Yeah. They're deep. Well, the mass graves for the pump and the price is set. The price is set. Yeah. And they even show like Zach De La Rocha, the lead singer, pointing one to his head at the, the pump. Exactly. And they, they do. Yeah. They they really go after like Middle Eastern warfare and the price, yeah. uh, the hunt for oil, showing the damage of it. One of the things that they showing the the testify, putting your hand up in, in a kind of a Z-Kyle yeah. formation. And exactly. They, and I noticed going back through it this time, they make it a point to show all the different types of people adhering to the the salute. I mean, you have military p- people, government officials, the Pope, Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton, and they threw Sonny Bono in there as if to show what a joke it all is or something like that. I noticed, I noticed, like, wait, I was like, that's Sonny Bono being sworn in. I'm like, that's a, there's something, that means something. There's no accident in any of this footage in this music video. No, it's all, yeah, very intentional. It is very intentional. And, and yeah, that is a really, and, you know, we were talking about the great dictator and, you know, the whole Heil thing. And it is, it is kind of fascinating how that has been used throughout, Mm -hmm. throughout history, you know, this, the, the fist or the hand up and yeah. And even showing the Pope doing it. It almost looks like a violent act like is going to happen to somebody because they like the way they quick cut it and they'd like be someone coming up to somebody like this. Oh, yeah. To do a, just to do a testify. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. like it, it's kind of yeah, crazy. A it's a hit. I mean, I think that also, you know, after this whole verse of uh, mass graves for the pump and the price is set and the price is set, mm-hmm. who controls the past now controls the future? Who controls the present now controls the past? Right, exactly. Past now controls the future. Who controls the present now? I mean, again, hello. We, yeah. I mean, these words have such meaning for right now, today, in this hour. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same cycle of, you know, this power and control and, and, and who's controlling the narrative. Right. And I mean, but of course, now, we have this whole issue of not only do we have the 24 hour news cycle going mm-hmm. on, but, but the internet itself where right. this information is just, we don't even know who controls the present now at times. Like, is that a person tweeting or is it a bot? Yeah. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. The, I always, I check their follower count, check their, I'm like, mm, and I report <laughs> like I would have read comments. I'm like, Okay, and I, you know, and people get into fights with them. I'm like, check. They're th- like, come on. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, and, and sometimes people who aren't bots look like bots. That's how deranged many have been programmed. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's weird. That's kind of scary. <laughs> There's lots of riot clips in here showing bacon being made. Right. As well, and monster trucks. There's references to gambling, and there's a woman rolling in dollar bills. And it's it's a lot of just a lot of different America things probably that shows the uglier side and mentioning the Middle East and and all those uh, graphic footage and you saying the, the lyric of the anchor man tell me something make me happy reminds yeah. me of what people realized this past the 
a year ago summer during the Black Lives Matter movement and the police endangerment was that they realized how the media and the White House was trying to feed us reports of the information as they do our insurgent on third world countries and stuff and expecting us to buy mm-hmm. it. Now we're seeing from their perspective how it is and how and and we're like not buying it. Be like, well, if they're if they're lying to us like about how this is going, how are they doing it about that? Like, right. well, like because I don't think people realize not all good things come from our journeys over there, and we only get a report. But now we live in a way where we can get other perspectives if we look for them and see them and see how people view it rather than us just being always going out to help. Why? (laughs) Like what, you know, like there's other motives and other in the ways they deal is, is well. And and I, I mean, I think that, yeah, during this time, I mean, we were, uh, I, I mean, we have gone into these countries saying that we are spreading democracy and we were going after the oil and, and we turned a blind eye to the genocide of the Kurds yeah, we've done a lot of things in the name of democracy that mm. hasn't really been about democracy. Right. Um, and the other thing is, too, just in terms of and it, it's interesting, you know, when we were talking about the great dictator and fascism and 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 these cycles in humanity, and we definitely are in a cycle where fascism is on the rise around right. the world, including in our own United States of America. Mm-hmm. But there's a consciousness model called, I think it's called spiral dynamics. And it's about how collective consciousness works and these different, and the guy who invented it, I I haven't read about it for a number of years, but I studied it at one point in a different lifetime. But if someone is in a tribal consciousness or Mm -hmm. you can't go in and just say, here, here's democracy. I mean, it's like, it just doesn't work that way. You can't force feed those things. Right. Um, which I think we're seeing now playing out in our own country. How do we talk to each other when we have huge sections that we have two big, we have a big split, 70 some odd million and 70 some odd million, right? Speaking different languages. Right. And I I think part of it, yeah, yeah, part of it too, is we live now like uh, in that instant gratification era. Yeah. they, They want, they expect, people to change as quick as a button and while i stand for and i i don't understand the side of not accepting or no tolerate you know not tolerating things or not being open or just respect like that takes sadly time it does do. and it sucks like people want it right away but some people gotta slow or it has to affect them directly before they they see or want you know as we've seen with like the the pandemic, a lot of oh oh my gosh, it really is real. Well, no way, it was it was real to begin with. Yes, right. Take it seriously, wear a mask, folks. And but like a lot of like times change, like it's slow because while I think it should happen fast, and I don't understand why people aren't accepting other people, but like you gotta like one thing, one person I think Donald Trump brought out uh, from the dust that I'll, I don't understand because I've never lived in this situation, so I would never understand the mentality, is I think many of his voters, because the way polls weren't accurate, you know, right. I think they, he pulled the person that, you know, has to go to the library to use the internet because they live in a place that, you know, is not, and that person's not getting pulled. 
But, right. you know, there's a lot of places in America, like we think the internet's just a thing, but it's still a privilege. It's still across the country isn't a guaranteed thing. It's not as widespread. Like there's a lot of people I know still can't use, like not far from where I live, can't use Netflix because it's just the bandwidth's not there. The internet's not strong yeah. enough in those towns. Yeah. And yeah. But that's, I think, the type of person that I just can't understand putting in the shoes because I've never lived that situation. Um, right. And for that person, their world doesn't get as informed as mm-hmm. as we can. So it's slower for them. It's not the fast paced, you know, big, bigger city, metro- metropolitan area, capital lifestyle. But damn, be open minded. <laughs> That's but one thing I've never. Yeah. And, and we all I mean, we all, you know, have our blind spots. We all mm-hmm. have our belief systems. And it gets down to education, too. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't. Like as a country, we haven't, uh, you know, and I think this this song actually and and uh, the video is kind of speaking to that our interests have been really more in alignment with making money, with mm-hmm. lobbyists and corporations and war and all of these things. And yet we have these mass graves. And Baghdad's burning, but it's, you know, they also say, I think, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we found your weakness and it's right outside your door. Now testify. It's right outside your door. And I think that this is an interesting thing that I just kind of, you know, back when this song came out and and the video came out, all that was going down in the Middle East. I mean, we were apart, we were over there, but really outside our door. It was soon to be outside our door because it came outside our door on yeah. September 11th. Yes. A year later, right? A year and a little bit of change later. But it's always been outside our door. But now I think now here in 2021, it's really outside our door. And right. all of these, you know, all of the karma that we've been kind of growing as a country, I mean, all of it is, you know, these issues have been there. The pipeline is gushing while here we lie in tombs. The language is great. I mean, as as a poet, I love, you know, there's a raw, gritty, muscular poetry to the lyrics that I really love Mm -hmm. in the song. And then the repetition of now, now testify, it's right outside the door. But, but I think that's now like compared to back then, those seeds were planted. I mean, those seeds had been planted back then and even before then. And all of this is playing out now. We're seeing, you know, things that we, things that we are used to seeing in third world countries, right. Things we're used to seeing over there that we were a part of. Right. Now it's here. Yeah. It's totally here. It's definitely here. I mean, you could look at, there's easily comparative imagery. You can take two seconds and find and be like, Ooh, well, I mean, even the mass graves, I mean, one of the things, Brandon, that really breaks my heart and that, you know, even myself at times, I'm like Mm -hmm. this whole thing about mass graves. I mean, it's like, you know, they, they talk about how with COVID, you know, it's like September 11th happening every day. day, Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I lived through September 11th here in downtown Manhattan. Yeah. I knew people who were in the towers who didn't make it. You know, fortunately, I didn't have anyone in my inner inner circle. But like, as as a New Yorker, and yeah. I never want to live through anything like that again. No. And it was really a very challenging time. But after September 11th, we really had like you you heard stories about the people who had been lost right. you know there was mourning that happened 
definitely here in New York City, and I think across the nation, you know, yeah. maybe more so in New York, because it was like here, although it was an attack against our country, of course. And, you know, so I think the whole nation did mourn and felt badly. But I don't feel that with, I, at times, I'm just like, I, I hear these numbers, you know, like we're at 370 some odd thousand deaths yeah. now. And I don't feel like we're hearing stories of who these people are. I don't feel like we're mourning, like no one's addressing that. Maybe here and there in ta- in towns, but I, I really, it's just kind of all being washed over. Yeah. And then we still have people saying it's all a hoax and it's all made up. Yeah. While health of people you know that are health care workers, frontliner, like this is ridiculous. It is not, it is not, it is not, it's a hoax. It's, a hoax. it's like, and they're getting people who are getting tested with it. They're like, it's a hoax. I know. Don't, I don't people have that. Intubated saying it's a hoax. Um, you know, like, no, I, I don't have COVID. It's something else. So that's hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, obviously, you know, some of these conspiracy theories, as we were talking about disaster capitalism, predatory yep. capitalism, you know, which is kind of the world of Storm Chaser, um, that... I mean, obviously, any time that there is a disaster or people fall on hard times, sadly, there are forces that will try to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that. I do believe that there are nefarious intentions at times taking advantage of vulnerabilities in the system or when they're, you know, that's, I mean, that old expression of he'd steal pennies off a dead man's eyes or whatever that expression yeah. is. I mean, right. always been, there's always been people yes. and, and and energies that will do that. But in terms of like, I, yeah, in, I mean, there are real people and there are mass graves. I mean, there are mm-hmm. paupers graves. Now there are people who are being buried, you know, like, and yet we're, you know, I, I brought this up to a friend of mine the other day, and she said, well, I don't think that we're going to mourn it collectively until after it's over. Right. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. I wonder, though, will we then? Or will we just be wrapped up in the next news cycle and the next? Right. It feels you know, a, because that's- And the only stories we get are, oh, I didn't get to say bye to them. I had to do it on the phone. Or he didn't believe in it, and now he's dead from it. Like, those are the ones they're giving us about people. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that people aren't being able to be with their loved ones as they die, I I think is a, is a tragedy. I mean, I lost my father in 2014 and I was fortunate to spend like the last five days. I mean, I dropped everything and, you know, went home and, and I, I was with him and my mother and, it was one of the most profound experiences of my life, actually, to be able to be present and to help him mm-hmm. with that transition. Um, as painful as it was, it also, there was a lot of wonderful and loving and funny because my dad kept his sense of humor until the very end. So that is something that I think, and, but I think our culture has a hard time of dealing with death, you know, right. like, oh, they're sick. Oh, they're dying. I don't want to look at that. And that's something I think we have to change. And and I think that's something with the COVID thing too. It's just kind of like, as long as I don't get sick <laughs> or someone right. else doesn't get sick. Yeah. Rage against the machine. 
Yeah. And the machine men as in the great dictator when he right. talks about don't be a machine man with a machine mind or right. he says. Um, well, it's towards the end of the video, the, the two merge back together as if yeah. mission, election's over. You got that's what you got. Mission accomplished. We'll be back in four years. And they have Ralph Nader. Yes. Says, if you're not turned on to politics, politics will turn on you. Who was the third choice that doesn't get as amplified as yep. the others? Yep. And then it uh, there's a there's a screen tie, a card at the end that says in November it is estimated that the majority of Americans, nearly 100 million people, will not vote simply for the lack of a real choice on the ballot. Yep. Which is what your libertarian friends will always tell you over and over and over and over and over again. True. But <laughs> uh, but it's, it's true, and our I don't know if our country will ever uh, the way we now have politics by one side looking at it like a sports thing where it's like we won it's all that matters how do you show you know that you can make other choices and it's it's gonna be interesting i love that nader quote i mean that's yeah no it's true it's such a true quote i mean Mm -hmm. certainly politics has turned on us but i think that there's been a this has been a long time coming i i do believe that there have been I don't know. Do I want to use the word energies, forces, what, you know, people yeah. who, who have a vested interest in keeping us kind of dumb and somewhat happy and keeping <laughs> some people not voting like that's. And, oh, and a big vested interest mm-hmm. in keeping some people not voting for sure. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, I wonder moving forward, like what are, is our system really working? Is this two party, I, I don't think it's really working, and I think it hasn't been working for a while. I, I now, think that's the party system, capitalism, we're at the end of it. it we are, time, we it, are in post-capitalistic times, for yeah. sure. Post-truth times, post-capitalistic times. We are no longer, it's no longer capitalism. It, yeah. it's, it's something that capitalism was never supposed to be. No, like on, like on paper, capitalism, oh, great, great, yep. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm sure on paper communism looks great until some guy's like, I, I don't want to be the janitor. That, <laughs> too bad. You're born. We chose. Yep. That's what you are. Yep. I don't want to be that. Then it fails. But if everybody plays ball, everybody plays ball. It's good. But like in capitalism, ideally this, it didn't go that way. Oh, yep. crud. So yep. you don't have to tear it all apart. Change it. Fix it. Find gears, take other practices, insert. Well, know? exactly. Why can't we do like a blend of capitalism with, you know, and and we do have some, we have social programs, but mm-hmm. we haven't, and that's what we're seeing. We haven't invested in infrastructures, in our healthcare system, mm-hmm. in our educational, we haven't made right. those investments. So now that's being strained to the point where, it's, you know, we have things collapsing. And mm-hmm. why is it in the wealthiest country that most people can't, uh, you know, afford to pay their rent and have health care insurance and like put kids in, I mean, like things that you would think 
you should be able to figure out when there's yeah. so much wealth. But, you know, I saw this article not that long ago where it broke down like Bezos and, you know, like the yeah. top 10 billionaires and how they have actually their wealth has grown over 50 percent or some huge percentage in the pandemic alone. Yeah, because people are buying stuff from there that they would have gone out to get now. Like right. That's. Right. And so that wealth gap, it just keeps, you know, and the in the middle class is being decimated further mm-hmm. and further. And that's been going on for a long time. So uh, I've always kind of been for a blend of, you know, I mean, the, the, the diehard capitalists will say, like, if you don't have capitalism, then everyone, no one will work. No, everyone no will motivation, work. no... There'll be no yeah. motivation. Be, but I, I think as an artist, like, I, I, I don't know. I just think, like, because really, I think to create new things, right? To really create, you need time. You need you need freedom to explore things. And if you're like having to work 18-hour days to pay the rent, you're not going to think of anything new, right? generally. And that churn and it's that churn and burn mentality and like that your your success and your value is only measured in what you make right. or the size house you live in or yeah. no, the car yeah. you drive. Most I, I don't a lot of doctors yes, doctors make money and stuff, surgeon, but they wouldn't get that far if they didn't want to help people, if they didn't want to do it. And if you didn't want to be one that stands above like there's take the money out, people still want to be the best at something. They still want to leave a footprint in someone's life. They still want to, well, you know, there's still that desire that no no amount of money could weigh upon. I mean, how good does a surgeon feel when they save someone's life, when they fix something wrong? Like, that's, right. that's what they're in it for. And to find new medicine, to do, like, that would still be there. And people still, like, say, like, someone is missing a leg they and they they still would want to go a lot of them go in the field to figure out like how to improve robotic legs whatever i, I can't yeah, remember yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff. so i mean the, the, to say it's not there because of money you know who's saying that you know when they say that like that's right one right. of them's leaving office soon <laughs> well uh, yeah i mean and and it's uh, and or has and, left when this post you know, maybe gone. yeah. When this is, I up, hope. I hope. Hopefully, I hope. <laughs> we'll see. We'll oh, see what we'll see. Out. But the but yeah. I mean, uh, visiting Europe, and of course, Europe isn't perfect. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like every system has its problems. I mean, yeah. socialism has its problems. But yes. I guess I've just never understood like how people get so crazy about like, oh, we're going to become socialists, and it's like. And sometimes the people who are afraid of that are not doing all that well and could yeah. benefit from programs that would be via socialism, mm-hmm. like putting more money so that more people have. I don't feel like education should be a privilege. You know, it should be something that we pride ourselves on educating children and, and continuing that education. And uh, I, I don't think that having a roof over your head and like being able to eat is a privilege. Right. Right. No. I think it was actually, wasn't it Bush? Wasn't it, was it George W. Bush who said that education was a privilege around the time of this whole, might have been uh, this, this video. I think it was during that time 
Hmm. I, I could be wrong because it has been a decade ago, but I do. <laughs> I think that that was in the kind of Bush, right. the Bush years when the whole question of education and mm-hmm. college, you know, all of this, because I mean, a lot of people couldn't afford to mm-hmm. go to college and, and there was this kind of, well, you know, education is a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't think it should be. No, no, it shouldn't be. That was a lot. It's just, I think we have the record for the longest mu- music video episode. We have the record for the longest music video episode. It's pretty good. Well, we talked a lot, a lot about things that weren't really with the, uh, it's a with week. the you know. It's been a week. Yeah, we were testifying. Uh, we were fueled. We were testifying. Testifying. So, <laughs> Gretel Claggett, I sincerely appreciate you coming back to do a uh, one for the price of two for me here. <laughs> I'm seriously eternally gratefully and hopefully next time we get together we'll talk about something other than testify and the great dictator because that's all we talk about right we now. will we uh, will maybe maybe we'll, we'll we won't be maybe we'll we'll kind of switch into a rom-com gear we won't we be on politics you know we could yeah or we'll just talk psychological thrillers and horrors or something there we yeah. go there but we it, go. It's been fabulous, and I, I will be thinking of you on your birthday, and <laughs> I, I will raise a glass to you. Right. And uh, we'll have to we'll have to uh, we'll have to private message each other on okay. Instagram or something as it's playing out. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's good stuff. Hopefully, it's good stuff. Hopefully, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but once again, where can people find you? Speaking of Instagram, on the interwebs. Oh, okay. On uh, Instagram, Gretel Marlena, mm-hmm. uh, G-R-E-T-L-M-A-R-L-E-N-E. Uh, Facebook, Gretel Claggett. Twitter, Gretel Claggett. And then uh, you can always go to my website, GretelClaggett.com. And uh, there is a place to contact me if you if you want to do so. I will get the email and uh, will do my best to respond. Excellent. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Written work at WhySoBlue.com. The Brandon Peters Show returns all new next week with freelance writer and host of the Adult Spelling Bee, Danielle Sepulverez, as we discuss 1988's Working Girl. Until then, always remember to keep the positivity in your online film chatter. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.